0: And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report. I'm your host, Sam Whitfield, uh, broadcasting live here from uh, NGC Studios here in South Florida. And I want to thank you so very much for uh, joining me here tonight. Uh, Hopefully, you guys can hear me all right we do have uh you know some people in the uh chat so uh but according to this uh icon here no live viewers which is uh kind of weird since i know we have uh oh i guess there it goes we're starting to populate uh anyway folks uh contact info as usual um if you would like to uh, reach out to me, you can do so by tweeting me uh, at samW underscore NDC, hashtag uh, Whitfield Report, hashtag Sam Savages. You can follow uh, the Whitfield Report at Whitfield Report. Subscribe to the audio podcast on uh, anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report where you can find uh, the audio podcast feeds wherever you get your podcasts and um and finally uh facebook.com forward slash whitfield report for all your uh you know Facebook uh, needs for the show. Hi right, folks and uh tonight I have two uh guests coming on the uh show to uh discuss this whole uh conservative infighting thing and uh let me go ahead and introduce them so they've they they've been previous guests before uh but uh sean and uh dictator phil are both uh affiliated with the uh turning point uh, usa chapter at Penn State University and uh they are also the hosts of real news uh on uh, Penn State's radio station over there, and uh, they are the owners of uh, the Versa News Media Network, so I figured I would invite them on to uh, discuss some of this, uh, you know, kind of the culture war and uh, all this infighting and whatnot. So how are you gentlemen doing tonight?
1: Pretty good. There. Uh, when you mentioned the infighting, though, we definitely felt it at our chapter on the Turning Point USA president at Penn State, and I can tell you that people have definitely been voicing their opinions on it.
0: Yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, I know that, and I, I mean, obviously, I know that there's, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is it seems like a lot of people are, uh, you know, have, have some general misconceptions about, uh, you know, Turning Point as a whole. Uh, you know, obviously Charlie Kirk is at the center of his own controversy right now. And I, I realize that there's some stuff that you might not be able to, uh, you know, go into, but what I wanted to ask is, uh, more, how do, how does turning point, like as individual chapters, how do they operate, um, as far as uh what you guys can do.
1: Okay, well at our chapter at Penn State, we you know, we started off like a few years ago and we've pretty much been the same we've always been where we we're very pro free speech, pro capitalism, pro America. We have our meetings where we sort of talk about current events. And our meetings aren't dictated anyway by the national organization. We kind of run them how we want to. And they're very um you know they kind of let's do our own thing and they're very fun free-flowing The one area where turning point national does have a big say over every chapter is speakers when you want to bring a speaker you make a request online and they have to approve that speaker for you to bring them and it's publicly available like i'm not revealing any big secret anywhere like you're fine on their site uh but at our level, uh, what I've told our members is like, I don't care what you think of Charlie Kirk, it's Turning Point National, whatever. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, which is have free speech, um, have open discussions, and keep doing the events we want to do. Uh, for example, like last week, we just had an event called The Censored with Sargon Avocado and Hunter Avalon. And that event had an open mic Q&A where people could ask whatever questions they want to. They all lined up and let everyone we could ask questions with given time. And it was totally fun, uh, great conversation, and everybody loved the event.
0: Um, Alex has um, also joined uh, the chat, and he is. Off- to
2: fix this. Um, it's not working. It's it keeps playing out of my uh, my speakers for some reason.
1: Maybe because you have the Discord still open.
2: Yeah, might be it.
1: Yeah. Typing
0: yeah, that's
3: probably it. If, if your Discord's still on, you're probably not going to be able to hear it. What I ended up doing, because I couldn't hear uh, Sam originally, so just get out of the Discord. Well, get out of this. Get oh, off. I got it. I was
2: able to. Yeah, I had to go and change some of the settings. I got it now. Live All right. Live
3: with instructions. Yes.
0: Yep. Yeah, so we're. A little bit behind the scenes here, uh, folks. But uh, anyway, um, so, um, the conservative movement seems to kind of be in like a weird, uh, you know, flux position right now. It there's a whole bunch of controversy regarding, uh, you know, Charlie and uh, Stephen Crowder and uh, Nick Fuentes and, uh, you know, of crazy, crazy, uh, you know, stuff that's been going on. You guys, uh, have always been very rational and, you know, my mind, what you guys are doing with turning point and with your show is, uh, you know, from what I've heard of your show, you guys, Uh, have reasonable discussions, and I know that word gets overused a lot, but you guys really do seem to have reasonable uh, discussion regarding, you know, politics and uh, current events and kind of culture war stuff. So, um, I mean, what have you guys kind of noticed? Because, I mean, I'm just like a radio show host, but, I mean, I know Sean and Alex, you guys are actually on the ground of what's going on. So,
1: yeah, what I'd say is with Fuentes, I obviously am not a fan of him because like we said, you guys know our views. Uh, most of us here are pretty moderate. Fuentes is pretty far right. He's got a lot of views on race I think are wacky. But the thing is, I'm afraid. I started to see that on the ground level too at campuses and I'm seeing it now at Ohio State where we saw Charlie getting asked a bunch of questions by these uh, groipers, as they're being called, is that there is a growing far right movement on the right. And it's I always thought the alt right was irrelevant. Um, and I don't think this will grow into anything big, but I am still scared because of the reaction that got because I'm seeing. Uh, you know, there's a huge group of people on campus that are just dissident right-wingers that are fun, provocative, and edgy. But there's a portion of that that's going further right, and that's where this far-right thing's coming into play. And these people are too radical. Their Their views on things are way too outlined. And some of them, though, like, you know, on the, most of them, I should say, on the dissident right, that are your, more your fans of Milo and Gavin McGinnis and Crowder and more you more your Trump crowd, those are the totally cool normal people. they're fine. I love them, but this far right little fringe is dangerous. I'm afraid it can get out of hand because the left created this monster, and to be honest with you, it would be better to handle them by you know listen to what they have to say and just show how dumb they are. That's to me the best way to handle them and Unfortunately, I think the other fear I have is that uh some organizations out there are going to, you know, lose support for whatever is reason for these current um, events. Like there's a bunch of turning point uh, presidents, secretaries, treasurers at Kansas City and all, I think it was Kansas City or somewhere in Kansas and a bunch of other chapters are dropping out. I mean, we're not going to drop out here. None of us are dropping out. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. It's never changed. It never will. But this is happening across the country. That's not my opinion. That's just what's happening.
0: Yep, and I mean, people here are bringing up Groypers in the chat, Um, you know, and look, I mean, I'm, I'm 25, like, I'm not super old, but I'll admit, when it comes to, like, all, here's the thing, guys, for the audience, memes change and whatnot so much that even I kind of become boomerish when it comes to, like, all these new memes that are you know, out there. So, like, I kind of know what a, gr- a griper is, but, I mean, it, you know, it, like I said, I think it's people taking memes too seriously, and, um, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, Fren- Fuentes, and all sup and, you know, I, Vince James goes, and, Really, anyone? I I I think they should all be allowed to speak. I might not, you know, agree agree with everything they say, but I certainly do think that, you know, they should have a right to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think I think de defla- I think deplatforming is a stupid thing.
1: So yeah, I'm totally against deplatforming and censoring anyone. It, just, it doesn't work um, in terms of actually. Combating some of these people because it just, as we were discussing on our show, and the line just embraces them and they become bigger. But censorship does work um, in a way to people like Milo, where he wants to, if he wants to sell a book, if he wants to tell people about talk he's having, he doesn't have his millions of followers on Facebook and Twitter now and Instagram combined to advertise that stuff, and it kills his business. It it does. He talks about this all the time, and. You know, it's I'm, I'm scared that and Chadwick Moore had a great article about this where he's talking about where when you mentioned like you feel like a boomer now, I know what you mean, because when a Trump thing happened, like that was the new hip thing. And I loved it. And that's why I was a big part of. But now that that's already happened, you know, with anything with trends, a new one appears and this is the new one right now. And, you know, that bandwagon effect takes place and you get people jumping on it and you give Fuentes a lot of followers now like he's climbing up now because of all this stuff
0: yeah and i mean the and that and then i mean the other thing is it harms it harms uh people like me who are uh you know obviously political commentators but i also do some comedy and some you know humor stuff and now i mean i talked a little about about this on your show earlier tonight when i was on there but I mean, comedy also is really kind of becoming an edgy, you know, thing now too, just because, uh, you know, everyone is so clip happy that if you take a joke out of context now, it's, you know, you can, you can be ruined for that now too. And we can thank the left for that as well. So.
1: Yeah. And they were doing that to Sargon he came to Penn state. He kept taking his uh, jokes out of context. Like, one that he made about uh, British, uh, and I forget what her position is, uh, Jess Phillips. You know, there was the infamous, You know, I wouldn't even rape you one, but there was another one he made later because it was obviously a joke. The first one, you like it or not, and he obviously, uh, was, was the intention was to make people laugh and think. And he was making a non-threat, even though people interpret it as a threat, and they played into his troll. But he later sent a video like, well, given enough beer, I might cave. And it was a total joke. The whole video was a joke. They're joke after joke after joke. But nobody interpreted that way from the radical left here.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Ultimately, the left can't take uh, you know jokes at all to save their life, um, which is both stupid and sad. Um
3: well that's because I mean it's that's because they're oh, not go ahead. funny that yeah that, that's because they're not funny themselves. <laughs> See because if you put somebody you put them next to somebody who's funny, they're gonna be lame. Like so you have to chop everybody down like oh oh they're offensive because they because they want because in comparison, they want somebody like Amy Schumer or Lily Singh to actually be funny, even though they're not. Like, so you're gonna you're gonna attack people like you know Stephen Crowder or Sargon of Akkad because the people that are actually funny versus yeah Lily Singh.
0: I actually one of the podcasts I listened to uh, was actually talking about Lily Singh the other day, and uh, I guess. Lily Singh actually um her entire show is staged to the point where uh like I guess even the audience is like purposely instructed to laugh. And then uh her I didn't I I always like heard rumors that these people existed, but I didn't know that, that this was an actual thing. But I guess out in Hollywood uh, you can actually get like paid if you're like a, uh, if you're like trying to break into show business. One of the things that you can do is you can actually be hired to be like a seat filler for some of these shows. And I guess that like for uh, Lily Singh's show, they have to do that a lot. And so, uh, basically, like what what they've had to do for her show is they literally have to fill the seats and pay people to fill seats and then instruct them which jokes to laugh at specifically and like Mm -hmm. not just that, but how much they uh, have to laugh. It's I would say it's funny, but it's not. It's quite sad um, that they have to do that now. So death of comedy folks. So.
3: Well, we're gonna we're, we'll still be around. Like we'll still be around, and comedy's not dead. It's just it's just bombarded by garbage. Like you're talking about Lily Singh and J- Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers and all of these late night these really terrible late night comedy shows. And it's a it's a shame. It's there. There's it's no surprise that they're doing as terrible as they are. And somebody like Greg Gutfeld is doing as well as he is. It's like that's actually like they're at that show is actually pretty funny versus them, and like people and more and more people are actually starting to watch Greg Gutfeld too, uh, eve despite the the bigger platform with NBC, CBS, all all those. I mean, it, you look at it, comedy and this is where and honestly this is where this is where they're going to lose again. I feel like they're going to lose again. Cuz even in 2016 it was like the comedy was really on the side of the Republicans, especially, you know, with with just you know the meme the memes and stuff. Like all the funny memes were coming from the right. And I uh,
0: I would still say that, that the actual comedy is from our side. I mean, I'm not even a comedian. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I'm not even like... I don't call myself a comedian. But yeah. I know that some other people have. And it's like, well, I didn't intend for this. But, I mean, I do like to do funny things somewhat. So, uh, I mean, we have funny people in the chat now, you know, too. Also, some very... You know, you you guys are funny, too. So... Uh, yikes. Know. So
3: <laughs> well, I'm funny, damn. I That's...
0: I I find Dictator Phil's name uh you know funny just in general, especially since he, yikes. He puts <laughs> he really puts the name Dick into uh you know he puts the dick into Dictator.
3: Oh damn.
0: Especially when it comes to yeah, uh right. slamming libs on Twitter.
1: It's <laughs>
0: it's it's one of my favorite things watching uh Dictator Phil light up people on twitter so
3: they really make it easy oh i had a question have you have any of you seen a picture of what kathy griffin looks like now oh no oh it's freaking hideous oh you gotta look it up okay (laughs) don't don't do it if you're about to eat but yeah (laughs) look it up sometime and i'm telling you it'll it's you'll be like you'll you'll actually feel sorry for her she kind of looks like, like a a, a a drug addict that's had uh, one too many uh, a- visits to the plastic sturgeon. It's like really bad.
0: Well, you're not you're not on terrestrial. Right? You're not on terrestrial radio anymore, so you can go uncensored here. I folks, yeah. uh, I will admit, when I was on Verse Media, I made. I made a mistake and I said, I said a naughty word on, on uh accident on
1: Sam does uh, real news. Oh. That didn't happen. It just, I don't know something about it. just magically disappeared. So
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the dump button is often
0: by is often <laughs> my best is often my best friend. So yeah, you guys so.
1: are,
0: you guys are lucky. You don't have like a, a live chat for the right
1: the radio station now either that would be disastrous oh we
2: should find a way to do that now well
1: actually i see i I don't know the legalities of live streaming the radio to like our channel that's the only reason i haven't done it when we did an off-air interview of hunter avalon we did a live stream and um unfortunately our channel is still a little too small to get some engagement when we do that sort of stuff i know you would pop in uh i remember when i was doing like test live streams you be like oh you guys are live I'm like not exactly <laughs> but kind of and um you know i we that's definitely one of our goals because i love to interact with people online it's always fun and i'd like to do that it's just we need i need to figure out the legalities of that and you know we need to grow a little bit more to do that but we've grown a lot since sargon came on our show and we gained like 60 subs so it was pretty cool
0: Yeah, I mean, you got you guys have landed some major, you know, guests in the in just the past year. You guys are gonna skyrocket over me soon. I mean, you guys have had Milo, uh, you know, on. You've had, uh, you know, you've had Sargon, Hunter, Avalon, yeah, um,
1: me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we had you. We had um you were actually on I think what was so cool is that you were actually on the first day that we actually did actual like guests. Like we yeah. had callers, but uh Terry Phil here set us up with Sticks Hexenhammer on the YouTube. Um and Vox uh Vox Apocalypse was happening with Steven Crowder, and we landed a uh call in with Sticks Hexenhammer, Trent Lipinski, and of course you Sam and then after that, we, I did we? I think we got Milo right after that. I, I don't remember yeah. if we had. Oh, well, we had Liberty Doll. That was the other one. We had Liberty yeah. Doll and then Milo, and then we got Cernovich, Sargon of Cod, Hunter Avalon, then Jack Pasovic last week, and we'll see who we get next. But we're hitting all some big ones, and it's been really I, cool. I lie. I haven't listened to uh, it, but I have to ask.
0: How was uh, the interview with Mike Thernovitch? So,
1: is <laughs> yeah. so. is pretty nice, pretty cool guy. I mean, he's exactly what you see on his live streams and whatnot. Um, I will say, just like I'm not trying to like rank any of these because they're all really amazing and cool. But so far, my favorites were Milo and well, Sargon was favorite in a different way because I actually got to talk to him a lot because we had our speaking event. So I got had dinner with him with. Dick Phil and a few other people. And I picked him up at the airport with my girlfriend. So, Sargon was like, almost, I guess you could say, like, the interview itself wasn't my favorite part. It was actually the other stuff we did with him. But Milo is my personal favorite because I've always just been a huge fan. Like, he's, like, one of my top, like, right-wing idols. And that was just surreal. And it was so cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's – I mean, I I do – I do dig on you know Cernovich a little bit just in terms of of the list because it's you know but he's he's done some he's done some good stuff and yeah I'm 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 still a big fan of Gavin McGinnis you know despite yeah, the fact, no. despite the fact that like even my audience tends to disagree with me on
1: Gavin somewhat but uh oh well, well you know maybe another dream uh, one for me to get on because even though I hadn't followed him as long as Milo. He just sort of hits me a certain way where he's one of my top guys that like no matter where he goes I'm gonna follow him and listen to him and watch him.
0: Same with uh same with same with Joe Ro- Joe Rogan I uh, even though right. Joe Rogan's not really conservative I've i just always liked his uh, style so uh, yeah yeah um, yeah he would actually be the one I guess liberal who I would like to have to have on although. I don't think he 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 doesn't do podcasts unless uh, unless it's Joey Diaz's
1: podcast. So, <laughs> um, kind of ironic The podcast king doesn't do podcasts.
0: Yeah, well, he uh, you know, yeah, what well, he does he well he doesn't need to. Everyone knows who he is, so. Mm. Um,
1: I see people in the what chat. What do you
0: guys think?
1: Oh, sorry, What was that?
0: Oh. Oh yeah, go go ahead. What what were you saying about the
1: chat? Well I've say I've seen some people saying in the chat like I missed 2016 Milo or some people are like I have lost my love for Milo. I would just say follow him on Telegram if you want to like keep up with him. But um I will say that he is he's got some you know a new show on free speech TV. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, he he's still he's still there. Just gotta search for him.
0: Join the uh join the well, join well I I would say join... Gavin's Discord. That's where you'll find me. Join the Savages Discord, though, too. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I am building my Discord server up, so I'll post that here soon in the in the next few weeks. Um, moving on, some political stuff, though, just more than you know, conservative infighting. In uh, Beta Cuck O'Rourke has dropped out, and bah! I'm fucking. <laughs> And I am fucking glad about that. So uh, what do you guys think of this, you know, shit show of an election so far? And are the Democrats going to be impe- like, they're obsessed with impeachment right now. And they're moving forward with that. Yeah. Um, the fact that I think they're already trying to impeach Trump tells me that they have no confidence in themselves. So in mm. uh, winning. So what do you... What do you mad lads think about all of that?
1: Well, I think that, you know, you're right. They have no confidence in their own people. And that's the thing I've noticed with, especially the left, because like, keep you know, I keep bringing up our event, but like, it's really, it's it's a good mirror of this stuff. But the college Democrats tried to shut down our turning point chapter for bringing Sargon. And what the left does is that if they aren't good at something, if they're not winning, they they just try to take the other side down. They just try to shut you down if they have nothing good to show for. Because if they did, they'd be doing that, not trying to shut other people down. And that's typical of losers in general. Like Trump talks about all the time, the art of the deal. But you know, the Beto was one of those guys that when he was against Ted Cruz, he actually looked kind of good. But when he's compared to other Democrats or sort of other people in the same market, he looks terrible because there are people better than him. There's better candidates. And, you know, he was going to drop out of entry. Like, I'm surprised it was kind of at this time that he did it, to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I kind of expect him to last a little bit longer. But, you know, they probably are <laughs> in the cabinet I, position.
3: I felt like once, once he said that, heck, yes, we're going to take your AR-15s. I felt like that the end was coming soon. Like normally, when you see Democratic politicians, or really a lot of like politicians, when when they're when they're mainstream, and they uh, and then all of a sudden, they start going extreme, in their views, like that's the beginning of the end usually. Like when you see like oh he because because he was kind of quiet for the most part, and then. Like, right at the end, we, were, we, we heard, heck yes, we're going to take your AR-15s, and if you don't support, like, if you don't support gay marriage, we're going to, you know, we're going to take your tax exemption status, and just stuff like that. And I'm like, this is crazy, but I'm like, he's probably done. And well, lo and behold, boom.
2: You know, I don't think this guy had a chance to begin with. You know, look at him. What did he accomplish? He had a failed uh, bid for Ted Cruz's Oops. spot. That's about it.
0: Um, well, you know, people in the chat are making uh, beta references. Ron Stone in the chat referenced uh, a Who song. You Beto, you Beto, you bet. So props to you. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Who fan. Nice, nice Ron. Uh, I think you get the comment of the uh, evening. No, I, like the, um, I
3: like the Beto luck next time. That was pretty
0: funny. Yeah. Be, beta, I mean, look, there are a whole bunch of Beto beta puns that you can uh, make. So, um, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I really, I don't like, I'm, I'm actually surprised that Beto lasted this long. I, uh, I, I called him the, uh he reminds me of the, of like the guy, of like the hipster guy in college who would always bring like a guitar to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, parties and just like annoyingly like show, like he, he wasn't good, but he was, but he just reminds me of the guy who would like, always show up with a guitar at like a party and just start playing when no one. Wa- well, him say, to. Well, you know.
2: do, do you look at his stuff when he was in college? Like he, he was fucking nuts. I like, <laughs> like he was yeah, like making like the
3: real douchebag that sits ass. on the steps and plays that weird gay cover of "Hey There,
2: Delilah." no this guy's this guy's there's full of shit was he just <laughs> a, like he was in a fucking anarchist collective like singing these fucked up songs he probably couldn't even, it was like a hacker collective he probably doesn't even know how to fucking operate uh, like, i just
3: i i can't stand people like that i'm like it's like fucking it, it was like uh,
2: bernie sanders almost like uh, you, the, i don't I'm know the if he's so hard
3: i'm the guy that i'll go to a party and i'll see a deuce bag and I'll try to like rip, I'll, I'll try to chuck an insult at him of some kind, but I, I have to, I have to, I have to chuck an insult at him so good that it goes completely over his head.
0: He's also the guy who like tries to steal your girlfriend, but then when like, when you, when you confront him about like that, like, Hey dude, like stop, steer, stop like, you know, looking at my girlfriend. He's like, what? I wasn't looking at your girlfriend, even though you know I totally was. And it's
1: like, fuck that yeah. guy. You know the thing too is with Beta uh, when he came to Penn State, I actually saw him. I actually a speech, but I saw him like walking over to with a group of people. And I saw him when he was exiting and shaking hands people and going to the talking to the press a bit. Like, I think he's a guy it's genuinely like harmless. Like I think he might actually have some good intentions in him. It's just, he's goofy. I really don't think he's a bad guy. He's just goofy. And he's very like, just like kind of disjointed. Uh, it's been, somebody made a who reference. Like there's actually a video of him in the car where like they're playing. Um, I think it's Bob O'Reilly and he's like drumming it. I'm like, see, that's what he should go back to. Cause he's honestly good at that to some degree. And he wasn't, and he always kept you know, pulling you pulling yeah, I was in a punk rock band, like trying to be cool and shit. But, You know, jumping off of that, the rest of the field, though, I think, Okay, Biden, I think with the impeachment shit, I think the Democrats want to kill two birds with one stone. They want to try and take out Trump, which they're not going to. And it's stupid because they're going to bring in Pence (laughs) and bring in the devil now uh, from their point of view. Uh, So the impeachment thing really isn't about Trump. I think they think it's more of a good strategy to, you know, energize their base, which it's not. I hate to break it to you guys. It's not. Uh, but they want to also take out Biden. The media's never like Biden. You look at the you know CNN, they're always trashing Biden. And even they will admit like, yeah, there's some shady shit with him. And uh, you know, it's more than shady; It's corrupt, but they're going to try and take him out. Cause his poll numbers will plummet. And he's, he was never the nominee, never going to be, but what they wanted, they wanted all along was to have Kamala Harris. That's who CNN's Jeff Zucker wanted. That's who the donors wanted. Now, if she shakes up her staff and add some people that can pull the right strings on her, she could still do it. She checks the right demographic boxes and she's got a certain, you know, uh, you know, moderate enough view and some of the new views that she can pull this off. But right now I think some of them want Warren, but the problem with Warren, she's a, she's a white woman or sorry, native American. Um, Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Correction. Yeah. Correction.
3: That's one in 10,
1: 10,034. 10, 10, Native American
3: or something like that.
1: Is yeah,
3: that right? it, 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 it's, last... it's hard. Those last two digits are hard. I'm sorry. All right, you go. <laughs> yeah, you go, you go got, so man. far. You go so far on the end. Yeah, you, you lose count after all those numbers. Okay, but, I, uh,
0: I would just like to point out that probably not Jen, who is one of my mods, is a sexist, even though she's a woman. Because oh, yeah. she said, uh, like of of "Yeah, she's, un- yeah. Un-
3: <laughs>
0: she's unqualified."
3: <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
0: How dare, how, how
2: dare you? Probably not. How Jen. dare you? How, how dare
3: you?
1: Her- shame, shame, how, shame.
3: How dare you? I
2: don't know, man. Not, none of these like pop, none of these guys look like yes, they're gonna like really, do anything. Really in the terrible, Democrats.
3: Greta Thunberg.
0: Well, oh, yeah. it does sound perfect. I mean Greta Greta Thornburg or whatever her, her name is basically just like she and Ellen Benjamin kind of remind me of like the same person. They're just both like they're both just crazy.
1: So um well I think with Greta too, like it's interesting to see how the Democrat like I bring up another Penn State story because i honestly you learn a lot on these campuses outside of classroom. One of the things I learned was when David Hall came to speak. His speech was not about gun control. Yes, that's the topics he mentioned, but that's not the real point of it. The point of it was to get young people registered to vote for Democrats. It's it's about mobilization. This is an Alinsky tactic. It's very important because you know, persuasion is only part of the game. The other part of it is mobilizing your voters to come out and vote. And what he was there to do, with either his intention or not, it's probably more the DNC, the big strings pulling him, is to mobilize young people around an issue that they feel is relevant for, to them because shooting school shootings are happening at schools. Who goes to schools? Young people. But the Democrats want to vote more young people. So they go there with this issue. David Hogg's waving the, uh, you know, I'm a victim flag, and you guys got to stop those mean Republicans that support the NRA that kill me uh, or kill my classmates. And they use that to get... Votes And that's the same thing with Greta. Greta is literally just a pawn. She's being used. She's a tool. She doesn't. She's young. She doesn't even know a lot about what she's talking about. And when you see her, uh, she's totally reading a script. If you see her when she's not giving a speech and they ask her some questions, somewhat not even tough questions, but questions that sort of grow into her a bit, uh, she doesn't have an answer. She'll just go back to her script uh, and she'll stumble. And, well, like, yeah.
2: Well, she's a well, kid. She's just a pawn by the political establishment. I, I doubt th- she really believes in like half the stuff that she's forced to read. It's it's like shout Hey, th-
3: th- th- is it me or does Greta Thunberg look like like when she gave that speech, the "How dare you" speech? Mm-hmm. She looked. She looked to me like a baby looks when he she's about to take a shit. <laughs> like like she's looking like how dare you and the one eye is like more open than the other one i'm like oh she's taking a sip right. <laughs> i hope she's got a diaper on
1: well, see, uh, the- it- like kids are so yeah, emotional it- and so inexperienced like why are we being told to look up to children People that can't even vote. People that haven't had a real job, that aren't paying taxes, that aren't doing shit in this world, as like these you know, voices of reason on any issue. It's one of the stupidest things ever. Right. I mean, that's, who the,
2: that's who the Democrats want to reach well, out to. Saying, They're people who don't have real jobs, people don't pay taxes. On,
3: uh, on our show earlier, uh, that one, when, when, they started, when these uh, like college dems started calling us Nazis, I was like, well, screw it. Uh, I'll I'll go I'll read uh I'll browse a little bit of uh, Mein Kampf the uh the novel written by see. the yeah so so I was like all right so so I'll browse that a little bit one of the one of the things I saw in there was the uh, using using children to persuade an argu- an argument like if you're losing an argument put it like use a child to. You know, to help oh, to help win your children. win win your argument, and this is it. This is it. Like Greta Thunberg, the the whoever did this is literally
2: frickin' Hitler, like
1: literally Hitler, <laughs> literally
2: Hitler, sir. That, that's half their argument. So it's all like, oh, think of the children. Oh, mm-hmm. this like that's how you get bad stuff done. It's like you know, if it's not children, it's like some sort it's of like, natural right, and it's like
3: look the left. Exhibits more uh, Mein Kampf Nazi behavior than anybody. Yet they're the ones calling us Nazis.
2: Well, well not well, it's not like, necessarily with that. But to be fair, yeah, they're right. Saying the right it's, old... it's like
3: the it's like the uh, the guy who cheats on his girlfriend and then accuses her of cheating. Like every turn, it's like, oh, I'm going out. Who are you fucking? Who are you fucking?
2: Huh? Well, well. To well, to be yeah. fair, to be fair, the right doesn't use children, but they'll like all they'll use like disasters and shit to go and do the same sort of thing. Like, oh, you know, look, nine eleven happened. Let's go and make everyone like let's live in a fucking police state now because nine eleven happened. You know, they, they did the same stuff. Like every time you go to the fucking airplane, you get like groped. You know? <laughs> oh
1: yeah. Well, the other thing too is like like we were like some of the right were pushing Kashav up after the Parkland thing. And here's the thing though, like George Carlin has a great bit on this. He goes, politicians always hide behind uh, three things, the flag, the Bible and children. And it's so true. And let's be real, these methods work. That's why they keep using them, because they're emotional. They're manipulating people's emotions. People like children, they care about children. We're human, we're meant to care for them. And when you're using emotion, you know, an emotional speech as a child, That's going to move the needle. How much does it move it? I don't know, but it's effective. That's why these people use it. It's all about emotional manipulation. That's all politics is. And I hate to say it, but the left is really good at um, mobilization. They do way better ground game than the Republicans ever do in most areas.
3: Well, I think it's it's a little different, too. I think it's a little different, too, because their platform is just larger. Like in terms of media reach. Cause they own all the fucking media. All the media. That's so true. when when they when they say something, it resonates louder than everybody else because they own television, radio, social media, all of that. So but,
1: but and this is something that's relevant right now. We I can't we forgot to talk about this on our show. Where the right is winning or was winning, I should be more specific, was social media. We had effective voices like Milo, Alex, Gavin, Roger Stone, all these people, they're now all because they're effective. And Trump, Trump revolutionized social media for politics. No, no, We never cared about a politician's Twitter feed like we do now. And now it's you have to be sa- social media savvy to win. If your social media game sucks, you're out. AOC had savvy social media game. She became a star. And now Twitter has banned political ads on Twitter. Wow, isn't it a coincidence after the Trump campaign raised a shit ton of money and the Trump campaign understands social media better than any campaign on planet Earth right now and Twitter's like, eh, we're going to stop that. Coincidence? I think not.
2: How do people actually pay attention to Twitter for that stuff, though? Like, honestly, I used to use Twitter a lot, but they just keep banning everyone that I like to, to watch What,
3: what was that? The, hey, Hey, what was, the, uh, what was Donald Trump's tweet about Beto, like when Beto dropped out?
1: It's oh, funny. I, I up, was I, –
3: yeah, I was cry- – like what – can we get – let me see. I'll pull it up there. right
1: now. It says, Trump tweeted, oh, no, Beto has just dropped out of the race for president despite him saying he was, quote, born for this, unquote. I don't think so.
3: <laughs> I wonder – okay, so so to be truthfully honest, I wonder if he's – looking to get on a VP ticket. Because he said he said he's not he's not go he's he's dropped out of the race for president and he's no longer running for the Senate. Or or whatever.
1: Because I don't think they want to do a dual woman ticket. They want to there's definitely going to be a woman as a presidential candidate. Without a shadow of a doubt it has to be a woman. The Democrats have been uh they have a strategy. Their master plan over the past few years has been the party of women. Because as the antithesis to Trump in their eyes, so it's going to be a woman. So it's either Kamala or Warren, and I think the the VP, like with Hillary, he's got to be a man to get that vote in. Not saying that men think this way, but this is just how the Democrats are thinking about this. So they're going to put pr- maybe Beto, maybe somebody else. But I could see Beto being the VP pick. I think it'd be a bad pick, but I could see a Warren a Beto ticket.
2: Oh God, he, they would get so bad trashed by Trump. I, before, I hope they go so. for that. I mean, oh,
1: I do, too. They would get totally trashed, but they're not going to do a two-woman ticket. Uh, some people in the comments are saying, like, it's not going to happen, but it's going to be probably Warren, somebody else, or Kamala, and somebody else. I'm still going to keep my money on Kamala, despite what everything's telling me, because she fits it more, and she's still in the race. I don't I think mean, she's
2: doing that good right now. Yeah, oh you know, you know, had to go do a major revamp. Uh,
1: I know, I know, Swift. but here's the thing. What you can see in politics, everything change overnight like mm-hmm. like that. It can happen. Not saying it will. It's just she's been the one they've wanted. And I can't just completely drop all my bets yet. And Warren is a bit too – even Cernovich was saying it's like Warren might be it, but she's a little bit not quite what they want.
2: Right. Well maybe judges, they realized for the generals, like, you know, maybe that's she's who a they solid,
3: were. Uh, she's a solid Native American candidate. No, <laughs> what I was saying, what I was saying was uh I think Andrew Yang gave us a little gift too. Uh he was he was quoted on a on an interview saying that he uh absolutely would consider going on a Joe Biden ticket. And um, I'm no like, thank you thank you for saying that retarded shit thank you so much like
0: <laughs> what a, what about that comedian guy who um, there's like some unknown comedian out there who's like who was also like running as like a presidential candidate uh porcelain did a, porcelain just did a documentary on him his name is like Kyle something he's like He's basically like an open mic comic. So mm-hmm. oh,
1: really mm-hmm. uh, you're talking about Beto. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: like how, that's like well, the entire no, Democrat no, feel they're all uh, fucking he, jokes. If, in order
3: to be a comedian, you have to actually be funny.
1: Oh, Hang yeah, on, so. I, yeah. Amy Schumer's still a comedian, so
3: Well
2: No one's laughing yeah, now.
3: That's true. <laughs> Hang on. Apparently Lily Singh is a comedian too. Yeah,
1: yeah
0: well, I mean now the non-comics are the comedians. That's just. But at, at well, least you're laughing at that At least, at them, that a,
3: well, at least mm-hmm. Lily. At least Lily Singh is semi-fuckable. I mean, <laughs> Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. There's not enough of fucking alcohol in the world for that Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: mm, She like,
3: makes jokes well, about that
2: shit in her own fucking stand-up because she knows it's true. She looks yeah. like fucking Mr. Potato Head's wife. <laughs>
0: Well, Nicole Nicole Arbour shouldn't be doing comedy either,
1: but she should be doing me. So (laughs) that's a good one. I mean, honestly, you look at these late night hosts as a good example. Like they used to be hired to be funny; that was their job. Like Jay Leno was funny, Johnny Carson was funny, Letterman was funny. These people were funny, and that was what they did; that was their job. But now you have people like Jimmy Kimmel and fucking uh jimmy fallon they're all about like jimmy. kids like you know <laughs> jimmy's and they're like this is what the kids like somebody's trendy and cool and hates trump every night and makes you know rants against republicans it's like that's not your fucking job like go back to being funny this is what the, where the right is fucking up get people out there that are funny and push them milo don't, why did you guys... Well, the fucking Reagan Battalion I hope burns and dies and is non-existent tomorrow morning. Oh Not God. the people, of course, to take, take things out of context. The actual um, uh, organization. The because, Reagan Battalion. That sounds so full of themselves. Like, oh, we're the... Ra- it's like a bunch of fucking boomers on the fucking computer. <laughs> it's nice. a bunch of people that once Milo was announced to be at CPAC, they didn't like that, so they took him out. He was one of the first to get cancelled. It's total bullshit. And, you know, pe- you should literally have a TV network. That, that somebody on the right needs to get some donors together, make a TV network that has Gavin McGinnis uh, and Milo and Crowder as your late night l- lineup. Don't forget know.
3: Anthony Cumia.
1: And Cumia. Yeah, we can put him in there. We're going to have a four-person uh, late night, you know, um, thing. And then have a bunch of other people doing the news during the day. Get these people together on something that can be a Fox competitor a you know liberal network competitor cuz Fox is is sucks now ever since Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly went it's been terrible they don't have talent you know but okay let me correct this something good did happen when Shepard Smith left that was probably the best thing to happen yeah. to the network in ages um but other than that they don't have talent Greg Godshall I do like though and Waters well, I do like hold
0: on hold on they they have Tucker that's
2: No oh, I love Tucker yeah they they Tuck.
0: they have
1: Agree they with him on stuff, but he is—I n- do not want to ever watch his show. Like, there's nothing about that excites me.
2: Dude, I love his reactions like that. That's just, a, that, you know, that just put that in there, man.
0: I yeah. well, I don't have I don't have cable, so I can't watch. I I can't watch Tucker. And this you're is you're not the, missing. <laughs> you're not missing anything. Cable sucks.
3: Well, <laughs> the it's a and wise what? investment to not invest in cable.
0: Well, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing too. Is like no one under. I'm. I'm sorry to say this, but no one under, uh, no one under seventy. No one under seventy watches Fox News. I I know the numbers. I know the numbers traditionally like like sixty five. But even most sixty five year olds I know don't don't even watch cable anymore because even like sixty five year olds have iPads and know what streaming
2: you know, is. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I mean, that's, that's okay for cable. What are you talking about?
0: The,
3: the news, the news itself is fucking dying too. It's like, but it, it's a, over the last, what, what, over the last 10 years, we've started to see a whole bunch of these newspapers having to either shut down or seriously cut costs, like cut their, their services or whatever. And it's like, The the model of the newspaper or even, like, you know, or the news site or whatever, like, it's not financially feasible. It's not a financially feasible model. So this is where you're starting to see all these people, like Huffington Post, and, like, they're looking for a buyer. Um, All these other, like, I think the Oregonian was, like, one of the ones that was, like – on the verge of getting shut down. I don't know. And like the New York times is it's easy for the New York times to kind of stay afloat because they're part owned by some Mexican billionaire. And then, uh, you know, the Washington post is owned by Jeffrey Bezos. You know, Mm -hmm. he's probably, you know, he's probably chucking a loss, but he doesn't, he doesn't care That, that it's just, it's, it's a pedal. It's like a pedal for propaganda. But uh, but that's that's what you have to do because the news today is just a fi- uh, it's a financially infeasible model.
2: Well, people because don't care
3: about like news. Tim Cook
1: they, they that they care about the same babe.
3: stuff with like nothing. Like he's just at – he he has his face on a little clip and then uh, on the screen and he's just going through the news and he gives his analysis and it's pretty good and you don't need all this, you know, you don't need expensive shit around you to make it work.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. The rise of independent media with people like Tim pool and others, like they have a following. It's just, they're not going to be, you know, the big mainstream stars unless they get on some big mainstream like companies or networks. And I think the right needs to form some sort of right wing Netflix. That's like, kind of like blaze tv kind of like free speech tv but we need it all together because people don't like paying for every one of these because it gets expensive like if i want to watch everything i want to watch i'd have to get netflix hulu amazon prime disney plus uh free speech tv blaze tv and by the end of it you're spending like hundreds of dollars when if it was all under one or two roofs it'd be much easier so that's the issue the right needs is like the infighting, like as we talked about earlier. On the one hand, there's good infighting where if you're cleaning house, as Milo put it with when he exposed uh, Lauren Southern, Kalen Robertson, and those, the other filmmaker, these people that weren't really um, uh, authentic conservative uh, people, that is what you need to do is get those people out. But at the same time, you need to um, stop this stupid infighting when we all agree on the big shit, and we can be together, and we can do something good together, but for petty reasons or silly reasons, we don't want to like there's certain pettiness I understand, but you need some you know unification Because, um, look the big enemy here is the left let's let's fight them, <laughs> let's not fight amongst ourselves unless there are some bad actors, and yeah, get rid of them, but do it quickly and move on
3: well, you're also you also gotta figure like like again with be. With the news being financially infeasible, mm-hmm. you're starting to see a lot of these uh, a lot of these smaller outlets like you're starting to see like the Daily Wire, like the Anthony kumia Show, like free Speech TV. you're starting to see these smaller uh, subscription based services. and it becomes a pain in the ass too, because it's like, well, so i gotta I got to if I want to. If I want to listen to news, I have to subscribe to Mug Club, uh, get Free Speech TV, get the Anthony Kubia show, uh, invest in the Daily Wire, which I'll, I'll never fucking do. <laughs> um, like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for just to listen to some shit. And then, and then because I can't get One America Network on, on Comcast because... You know, they they'd rather push that bullshit MSNBC. It's <laughs> like what <well>, like <laughs> this it's it's this is part of the infighting. The infighting is just a bunch of little smaller people kind of combating each other to try to get the table scraps of what is left. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you guys thinking? But it's but it's it's part survival too.
1: And I think also um the, you know with the infighting in particular, it's it's happening at multiple levels. Like to go you know full circle, like with the Charlie Kirk stuff, you know that that's that's not going to end anytime soon. And I think what we need to do is sort of, like I said, kind of get to a point where we can all sort of come together on something. Usually, you know, like we had this with Trump. Everybody was together, and everybody kind of split ways after we got him the office. We need to find a cause we can all get behind. And I think big tech censorship could be one of those things, but you know, we'll, we'll
2: see. Are you, are you saying that big tech censorship is going to unite the right?
1: I think if it's accelerated enough, it could.
0: Well, hopefully... I mean, here's the other thing thing though too. People in the chat are bringing bringing up a good point. Evil Eric says the option of forming your own thoughts is always free. And yeah, that 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 is true, Evil Eric. But you know, we're just talking like content creators here. Um you know, I um I mean, part of part of the big problem is that like YouTube uh, you know, like people are just saying, you know, all these YouTube is like free. Well, you know, people People keep getting banned on, you know, YouTube. Like the, the good yeah. con- content creators, except, you know, people who scream into mics, you know, in the backwoods of Washington, they're still on, uh, you know, YouTube somehow. But, um,
1: you know, um. Well, and on top of that, the other problem is once they get taken off of YouTube or. They get taken off all these other platforms. They always inevitably have to go behind the paywall. That's what Milo and Gavin have done with Free Speech TV. And I totally understand it. I don't blame them for it. Um, but the problem with that becomes is people can't find you, or they don't. Want, they don't. You know, they don't see your content because people aren't willing to pay for it, it. That unfortunately. But you know where Crowder has a good model is, and he kind of screws himself at the same time with this in a little bit is he uploads some of it to YouTube. I mean, Milo has been told that if he does upload something, he's going to get taken off immediately. So he's scared to upload something. His one platform he has left, I blame him for that. But he needs to start uploading some clips from his show. I mean, maybe he can do it to the Free Speech TV YouTube channel. You know, that's a way to get around it. But at the same time, one thing you can't do is upload all your good stuff. That's kind of what Crowder does, is he uploads a lot of good stuff. And so you have no reason to buy his full show, I mean, he's you know you gotta find a good balancing line, but I, that's God, it's such a shitty situation we're in. Yeah, and and it's hard
3: to get, and it's hard to gauge it too. the The problem is because shit is constantly changing. Like you, like with Crowder, it's like we, yeah, he's been demonetized, and it's been back and forth. Like Susan Wojcicki is just butt fucking him and not even having the courtesy to give him a hand job. Like the 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 kind the kind of bullshit that like that she's doing to these independent creators. Apparently, they have a fucking P score now. Is that is that is that what I'm reading? Like the the they have a, a a P score for YouTube. Like that that's that you get that there you get throttled or something shit like that. I uh, Sargon of Akkad just put out a video of of something of that like that like with YouTube and with the P score where it's popularity with mm-hmm. you know advertiser friendly shit and it's like it's like they're not even YouTube's not even fucking pretending anymore it's like oh let, there was this like veil of oh we we could be but we're probably not now it's like well fuck it we are. What, what are you gonna do
0: about it? What's What's really fucked is if uh, I don't know if this exists anymore. But I know at the beginning of the year, YouTube was pulling some shit where um, if your comments on your video or if your chat yeah. was like was like
2: yeah. was like saying anything. How the know. fuck can you control that? You know, how, how do you expect? You, so, you know, so what expect happens?
3: You- okay, so with the comments, so what happens if a bunch of conservatives decided to fucking bomb, you know, PewDiePie's channel or whatever, and then just start writing a whole bunch of Nazi shit? Like, hey, well, you know, and then and then butt fuck him over? Like, is that, like, or what if I decide to, well, what's the, what's the one, um, like one, uh, one
2: the, tr- tr- the tranny young... or
3: whatever. Yeah, there's one tranny. Like, what if you blow, blow that YouTuber up and like, oh, like, like the right? comments. yeah, uh, no, no, no. Um, there's uh, fuck, I can't
1: Bruce I'm Jenner.
0: La-
3: I really don't give a shit about these YouTube personalities enough to know their names. So you're yeah, Forgive me for that one.
1: Points, yeah.
0: yeah, me me either. You, you you tried though, and that's the other thing is, well, and I mean YouTube will obviously protect like certain YouTubers too. Like what's mm-hmm. like let's be honest, like the fucking young Turks have have been like you know saying like horrendous shit for you know, years, namely that the Armenian genocide didn't happen. Are they even fucking penalized? No, because, because they were one of the first, you know, big, like YouTube corporate partners. So,
1: well, what's um, interesting about that too, is with, um, mentioning Fuentes earlier, there are clips going around where he apparently, um, says the Holocaust didn't happen. I don't, no, if that's true, if that's what he believes, I just heard about this. But it'd be interesting to see if his channel gets pulled because of that, but then all these other ones don't because they crack down on Alex Jones. You know, for the stuff he said. and you know, it's, like I said, conservatives need to find a way to get out there more because we're the censorship is working. i, I I'm telling you, it's a lot of people are becoming like effective voices are not as relevant now, they're not as talked about now because they've been banned, because they've been subverted.
3: I I think I do I I do feel like it's gonna backfire though. Like YouTube shit it will backfire. We get just because like independent creators are essentially what created YouTube. Like that's that's the whole thing. And they're just they're right now they're just saying well fuck you to all the independent creators. We're, we're going to put a whole bunch of mainstream bullshit and we're going to force feed it to you and you're going to like it. And like, like they're, they're, there's, they're starting to become other options now. And it's, and, and eventually that they're fucking over their, their own network effect, which is baffling to me. I'm like, it's like YouTube is just stripping their net, most of their network effect, which is, the, the independent creator it's like and all it takes is for somebody like PewDiePie to fucking leave and you know, that could begin a huge trend.
0: Mm-hmm. What's um what's weird to me is the fact that, well, I mean that there, there are lots of things that are, that are weird. Um, but namely with like, you know, youtube like i mentioned on your show uh earlier it, it even seems like they're starting to kind of go after us smaller channels too like you know you guys have what well, you guys just hit like 160 which congratulations i know yeah. that's not much but it took me forever to get to 100 period yeah um, mm-hmm. it's a lot of grinding
1: for us to get there
0: I'm at 500. I'm well, I'm at 500 and like I'm at 509, 510 now or something. I was at 545 like two weeks ago, but um, then YouTube uh, YouTube sent me an email uh, saying that they had cleaned out some of my uh, subscribers who were bots. Now, what's interesting about that is Okay, if it were like one or two, maybe five max, I couldn't understand that. But they cleaned out 75 subscribers who they thought were bots. Uh, so, you know, I, that's kind of suspicious too, is like even the smaller channels, they're, they're throttling subscribers and whatnot too. And, uh, you know, in order to get like really anything effective on YouTube, you need like a thousand subscribers at the very least. So
1: and that's how you get monetization too. Like they made those rules hard to get monetization.
0: Oh yeah, dude. That, well, that's why, I, that's why I have an audio. Po- I mean, that's not the only reason why I have like an audio podcast, but like, you know, it's, it's easier to monetize audio now and to mon- monetize blogs than you, it, than it is video. And it used to be the opposite. So.
1: Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, it's so hard to, like, conservatives have everything against them, and yet we still got Trump in office. We still got Brexit. Well, it hasn't happened yet, but we got the vote. But, you know, it's that's what's you know, amazing is that even with all these things against us, we can still get what we want at some point. And it's just a matter now, you know, because I think Trump's going to win a landslide in 2020. But past that, what are we going to fucking do? You know, the censorship is taking its toll. You know, it's, it's very, it's a very scary time. And like I said, what's also scary is this far right fringe rise. Like, I don't think it's ever going to be mainstream, but I, the, the Gen Zers, I I don't know. They might, it's, it, you know, it, I, I can't put into words what I really think is going to happen because I really don't know, but that's part of the fear is the unknown. The thing Well, the thing that it is is it doesn't even have
0: to be it doesn't even have to be main to be mainstream. It just has to be portrayed as being mainstream, yeah. you know yeah. by the by the by the media. I mean, no one would have no one would have even known who Richard Spencer was if the Atlantic hadn't done that profile on him two years two years ago. No one had heard of Richard Spencer before, you know, 20... Before, like, late 2016, when the left... And I, I, bet, I bet you money that the left was, like, actively searching for, you know, people, like, trying to, you know, make a boogeyman. And they found one in Richard Spencer. So, you know, yeah. you want to talk about, like, controlled opposition, I honestly think that, like, Richard Spencer might have been controlled opposition
1: he definitely might be and that's what i always say is that richard spencer is just this boogeyman that got propped up by the media to smear the right as racist they do they used to do it with david duke but now they're doing it with spencer because the alt-right's more relevant than the fucking klu klux klan and it, it like the alt-right like they are irrelevant for now um there's a little bit of an uptick right now um you know which is a little concerning, but. They are really, they really irritate me because of, you know, the they're they have shitty optics, they have shitty beliefs, and then the the media uses them against us, and it's annoying that there's people, even on the so-called right, like I wouldn't even consider some of these alt-right people right, like they jumped on the Yang Gang bandwagon, which is stupid, but. Part of, that,
0: part of that was a meme, though, too, to, to kind of, like, troll people, though, too. And that's the other thing, is, like, that you have to realize with the alt-right. And I'm not excusing it, but, like, half the shit they do is just, like, terrible memes that the media freaks yeah. out. Like,
1: out too. It is, so. but I will tell you, there are a few on this campus that literally joined the Yang Gang Club, I got on their board, and, like, did shit with them. You know, it's what a, did the, they? What did
2: they do? What? What honestly did that club even accomplish? They had like a debate with you guys. Anything else about it? And then they, they cu- had
1: They had debate with us, and then yeah, then they cucked out when they said, um, when they condemned our speaker for our speaking, when they condemned Sargon Hunter when they didn't have to. It was, they didn't sign off on the College Dems statement. And then the day of the event, like, oh shit, we better condemn them. That was pretty disappointing because the College Dems basically blacklist them, so we're not working with you. But I think it's stupid because, like, you're not going to reason with the college stems. Even if you give in to their demands, not gonna care. they are not going to care. They just simply don't. They, they, they see Yang as a dissident that they're not going to tolerate, and it's irrelevant because he's not going to have a chance of winning. So you lost more than you gained there, Yang Yangers. I'm sorry. I'm just being honest. But, you know, I, the, 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 especially, I will say the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to have to go. But the college Dems here, um, this reflection of some of these people and larger uh, national movement, these people do not give a shit about anything but attention winning and their own personal gain. They are not interested in stand debate and you cannot reason with them. You simply can't. The right you can reason with, and sometimes that's our downfall because people use that against us and it's just it's a shitty situation. But you gotta keep fighting. Right needs to yeah. fight back harder, stronger, better than ever before because these people are insane. They are insane
3: i'll say one thing and i gotta go too. um A- alex jones now of course alex jones he's got some eccentric you know opinions of course you know he's got the whole ah the trichomes are coming by my snake oil ah. uh, but okay but he was right about like when they started coming for him and they started clipping all of his platforms they're like oh they're gonna come for you next they're coming for literally everybody. You, you think you think they're not going to gobble you if you pander to them? No. They're going to fucking gobble you up too. So, you got we got to keep fighting. We got to keep fighting.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, and it's yeah, it's I mean, it, it's unfortunate. And I mean, I I hear people in the chat are also bringing up bringing up the the Proud Boys. And look, I mean, the the Proud Boys was what is was another example of like the media just messing with people. Um, you know, granted, there were a couple, you know, fringes in the Proud Boys, but I mean, largely, I mean, I know dictator Phil knows this, but you know, it started as a group, as like a group joke. So
3: yeah,
1: you know, on Kumia's show. Yep. So yeah, yeah, and they were a multiracial, uh, just basically adult frat, like you know, that's right wing that likes Trump that want to protect some right wing speakers from Antifa. And it just, you know, they, they, you know, the courts were against them and they literally got people in jail for self-defense. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but that's the other yeah. thing is the left controls a lot of major institutions and that can be hard to fight against.
0: Yeah. Um, so sean and uh dictator for and uh dictator for i know you have to go where can we uh find you on social media and just on the internet in general
1: so. well for, for now unless we get banned you can find our youtube channel at youtube.com forward slash versa media channel or just search versa media on YouTube. That's you can find us and please subscribe to us because we have content every week coming out we have the full event with sargon and hunter up there on our channel like the actual event with the their speeches and q a and our interviews with them our interviews with milo mike servitz all these people and you know we have versa media on twitter uh i think twitter handle is at versa media or at versa news media. i'm not gonna lie i forget because <laughs> it's hard I- picking to find a handle but
0: I do also. I I think at this point I might know your social media a little bit better than you than you guys do, which is handle (laughs) maybe sad. I I also do want to plug that these guys are also are on uh, you know Apple Podcasts and uh, on Anchor as well. That was one thing the last time uh, people were like, I can't find your friends on podcasts or anything like that. Well, they they do have them. Just search for. Uh, Versa Media. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. You have to type
3: it outright. Like I noticed that you have to type Versa V R S A Media. And you you have to usually type that because it won't like, you know, it won't completely load up until you do. I don't know why the fuck that is.
1: And I did check. Our Twitter handle is Versa News Media. That's so what I thought it was. Um, and we're on Facebook too, um, as Versa Media. Like the best way is just to search for Versa Media. You see the little eye of Horace uh, or the Alan Parson's by the sky eye uh, with the red background. That's us. And you know, like you said for the podcast, we're on Anchor too, which is on yeah. which puts us on every podcasting platform. So search Versa Media.
3: Yeah. And I'm on, and I'm on Twitter, uh, dictator Phil. That's the Twitter handle.
0: Yeah, right?
3: one word, dictator Phil. Uh, you, you ever, you ever want to see me uh, say stupid shit to liberals? There it is.
0: Well, smart shit to stupid liberals, I would say. Well, and it, I, and I if mean, some w- of it's stupid. Some of well, it just, yeah. Some of it, I
3: just try to piss people off. Like some of it, I just don't care. I'm like, eh. Let's see how many people. Let's see how many people I can trigger and get to block me.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, um, and if you want to, if you want to see me uh, use emojis on Twitter, just search for my uh, quote tweets of dictator Phil because uh, you know those your your tweets are always worth. Uh, emoji reacting with.
1: <laughs> so. And you can also check out Sam's interview that we did a few months ago on our channel and the new one that we did today where you joined in and started shooting the shit with Fuzz. That was pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, check where, it out. Yeah.
0: Where I may or may not have said a bad word. So. It's weird though.
1: So uh, they're going to miss it. It uh,
3: never happened. It, it never, never happened.
1: happened. Nothing to see here. But uh, yeah, thank you and, for letting us come on though.
0: Yep. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, Alex, you're you're free to uh, you know stick around here if you want to, or you know if you need to go, I'll I'll love you. Uh, I'll let you plug your stuff too if you have anything.
2: No, I've, I don't got anything. I can stay for another few minutes. I got to pick up my girlfriend, and and um, a little bit. She just got a job. I think you
3: kind of vanished in the thin air. Anyway, have a good <laughs> night,
1: man. Yeah. See you. Thank you. Alrighty. So. Yeah, stay on for a little
2: bit. So, what's going on, man?
0: Oh, not much. Um, one of the, one of the other things I, I do do lo- lot is I, I re- is I do review movies somewhat. So, uh, oh shit,
2: I, I just saw Zombieland two yesterday.
0: No way. I I I just watched the original Zombieland on Halloween, uh, and that was ten years. That movie is ten years old now, believe it or not. So, how's the sequel?
2: Oh, it was good. I haven't seen the first Zombieland since probably came out, but um, my my girlfriend loves zombie movies and shit like that. So,
0: you know, I she- like I like uh zombie parodies. So,
2: oh no, uh, she like she has a whole thing full of like Walking Dead stuff. I think I think she even had like I don't know if it was from Walking Dead. She had some sword from something, but she's got like this whole cabinet devoted to like Walking Dead and shit like that. But no, it was a good movie. Um, I don't know why they waited ten years for it to be honest. Like, it just kind of makes it a little bit difficult to believe certain parts of it. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it, it was a good movie. You know, I I definitely got to see it. Now, I you know of all the movies out there, I still think Joker is by far the best one currently out. If you haven't seen that yet,
0: I haven't. I haven't seen um Joker yet, just because when that movie came out, I was kind of like in a in a in a bad place, uh, emotionally. I'm, I'm better now, but like the week that I came out, I received some bad news, you know, in my personal life. So I was kind of oh. like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait a bit. So, which is what they kind of, they kind of suggested. But, uh, I actually just heard, uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with, uh, Ed Norton. I guess he has a new movie called Motherless Brooklyn that's out now. And I, I want to go see that. That looks good. So yeah,
2: I haven't heard of that one. Oh, do you see uh, Joe Rogan's uh he did an interview with Ed Snowden the other day?
0: I started I started watching that, but I didn't get I didn't get like through all of it. That was that was weird to see Joe Rogan do a remote stream. I don't think he's ever done a remote like show or whatever. So
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, he kinda had to with Ed Snowden because he comes to the United States. I don't think he'd be able to step foot on the ground before he gets arrested and probably thrown into prison somewhere. But uh, it was weird though. Like when I watched that, like it was, I think that like Joe Rogan took like a backseat and just kind of let Ed Snowden do his thing. And I mean, he had a lot of interesting things to say. I'd definitely recommend finishing up that interview. It's one of his best ones out there.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to Rogan's kind of interesting because I know that there are some people who are going to say that Joe Rogan's a gatekeeper, but I mean, honestly, if if Rogan was such a gatekeeper, do you honestly think they would have allowed him to have the likes of Edward Snowden on his uh, podcast? I mean, YouTube's even starting to fuck with the Rogan, so...
2: I mean, he's he's one of the people I really respect today. Like, he does not deplat. Like, he'll put like anyone on there. You know, anyone like you know who's not disingenuous at least. Like, he had like Alex Jones. He's had you know Sargon. He's had the guy from Twitter on there. Uh, I forget what his name was. He literally has everyone on there, and I, and I really respect that. You know. Not many people do that, especially in today's cancel culture. You get anything controversial, they'll just deep try to deplatform. And if you put them on there, they'll call you a Nazi. And they try that with Joe. But I mean, you know, even at my work, I've seen people who, you know, I wouldn't really associate with anything on the right, and they watch Joe Rogan.
0: Yeah, well, even even like even some of my liberal friends, and not that I really care or you know what they think, but they've kind of like, you know. I don't like conservative talk, but you're okay. You kind of remind me of like of Joe Rogan, and I'm like, okay, I, I like that. So um, so um, you know, I guess that's a that's a good compliment. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's I mean, YouTube would be stupid not to YouTube would be stupid to cancel him because let's face it, if they cancel Joe Rogan. People are just going to leave the platform altogether. I think just because, like, he generally is a major pull for YouTube in general, so they don't want to fuck with his channel.
2: So. Yeah, absolutely, like, he's he's one of a kind guy, and he's you know I wish there was more people like that, like Joe Rogan that we had today. You know, who who can just like have a conversation with anyone. I think that's really important for America as a whole because we're just not doing that right now that's you know, pe-
0: that's what i try and do you know um
2: so and i mean you know of all the interviews i've seen too it's like you know he just kind of talks to him it's not like a scripted interview i know you know in verse so we've had you know just lately at least i've noticed like it, you know sometimes it feels scripted i wish we could get to that level where you know f- important people just want to have casual conversations with us i mean i think with milo we got a little bit to that level because we had him on for quite a bit but most of the time you know we we want to go and ask him a thousand questions up front we don't especially because we got three people on here too that's a little bit tough sometimes too but you know we make it work
0: the one thing that was interesting you you bring that up um the one thing that was interesting was i interviewed my i interviewed not milo i wish i could it get mile on my show? But uh, I interviewed Ben Shapiro like way back in 2012 uh, when I was in in high school, and this was a bit before like he was already kind of getting famous. But he what? But he still wasn't like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro, if that makes sense. And hey. um, like I asked him a bunch of questions about how he how it was to work with Andrew Breitbart, who. Was a huge influence of mine, and uh, I read an interview. And the one thing that people have, like, said to me in the past couple of days is, "Wow, like, you actually got Ben Shapiro to like laugh and like crack a few jokes and whatnot." And that's kind of like what I like to try and do. And I've noticed that you guys are the same way. You guys like to kind of go into like what makes some of these politicos. I guess human for uh, a, a, a better lack of words. So,
2: yeah, it's, it's been a tough journey for us too. I mean, when we first started out, we didn't get anyone like this. It was only in the past, like, probably six months to a year that we actually started getting, like, you know, big names on, on the show. Like yeah. It, um, yeah. It, it all started with uh, Dictator Phil because I don't know if you know this, but our show, you know, we've had this thing. You know, uh, you know, our the main host Sean, he's a senior now, but you know, we started this one freshman year. That was back when I was at Penn State with him. And it, we'd mostly it'd be me and we had this other guy, um, you know, this Vince guy on there and you know, I haven't really heard from him in probably like two or three years. He's kind of changed a bit. And, you know, they, we used to it used to be a completely different show. But we've always had three people for the most part, you know. I mean we had him we had this other guy on there for a little while and then he kind of dropped off the face of the earth then we got Phil and you know, thank God he you know he's graduating he's still coming on here and i and I like that we actually had some consistency and he can and he's got a knack for getting like people on here. I don't know how how he does it sometimes, but he's good at that
0: i've had well i've if it makes you guys feel any better i've I've had my show for uh, like twelve years now almost. I' started when I was 14 and like 2008, just doing an audio podcast and like I had highs and lows, but I never like skyrocketed did when I was a teenager, you know, like really young, thank God, because I don't think I would have been able to handle the fame, but it's really been like in the last, honestly, really two years that I've started t- to take off, but it, you know, I've just grinded and I mean, you know, Ben was like my first big guest in you know high school, and then you know I had a bunch of MAGA people on during the uh, election, and that was uh you know then I met Dictator Phil through Jeff, and then you guys and you know invited me on, and so it's really been this year when I've you know built up my YouTube audience too. So it's it's interesting. So.
2: It's it's tough building, you know, YouTuber audience. I remember when we first started out it was like, you know, getting ten subscribers, that was like a big milestone. Now it's like, you know, we're over a hundred. We had to do something special, I think, for our one thousand if we ever get to that point, which I you know, I hope we do. But it it's been you know, if it wasn't for these guests, because before we started getting the guests, I think we were hovering around like forty, maybe fifty, probably less than that. And then once we started getting these like, you know, big name guests, things just started you know, rocketing in motion really it was Sargon that he, I think he must doubled what our YouTube subscriber was. We were at like a hundred now, maybe not doubled, but we, you know, we got like 60 subscribers in a matter of days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was kind of, that was kind of my whole thing with, uh, you know, when I, when I, when I reposted the Bennett interview and then also when I, uh, when I interviewed, uh, merch from ROTC, uh, radio after the whole Owen controversy, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, YouTube and the internet is just a strange kind of phenomenon. So for sure.
2: So, yeah, that's, it's pretty tough. So, um, yeah. How, have you been just keeping up though? Like, do you do a lot of stuff other than radio in your free time? Are you still going to school?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a student. I'm a, I'm a professional technical communications major. So basically like anything having to do with writing and media, that's kind of what that, uh, consists of. So, and then I, I do game a little bit, but not as much as I used to. So, um, and I'm also into like comic books and pretty much anything like nerd culture. So, you know,
2: um that's um yeah that's that's some good stuff right there i used to, play, used to play some games back in the day but i mean i just haven't had as much time and honestly you know, i used to i used to play way too much like especially when i was a kid that's that was like all i did you know i'd play video games and you know honestly looking back at it yeah i wish i would have put some of that time towards something a little bit more constructive you know back when you know time wasn't a premium nowadays it's like yeah, I got a house recently, and it's, you know that's where most of my time is going to. It's just like you know upkeep on the house, you know paying bills, doing all this and all that.
0: Well, congratulations! You're finally uh, adulting. So I'm still you know living with my folks while I'm you know in college. So, you know, your your of had me there at least right now. So, but yeah, I mean, gaming part of it for me was, I. Uh, you know, I just part of me was I, I lost interest once like everything started becoming like DLC related, and once and once like everything started becoming like you know you have to like download this DLC to make the game interesting, and, you know, and whatnot. So it's like I just want to buy one game and play it, and you know, be oh, yeah. done with it. So
2: like honestly, I'm. Once I graduate college, that, that's really when I just I haven't had the time to really do it as much. You know, one I've been you know working in, in the field. I I do um, cybersecurity at a, you uh, know I work in a financial institution. I'll leave it at that. But um, yeah, it's just I, I just haven't had the time to go and do, you know, just little things like that you know and then like two it's like games are so expensive nowadays like if you go and buy like a full retail price game you know one you're dropping big money on a a game console so that's like you know four hundred dollars plus and then you know you have to go and buy for most of them if you're playing an online game like call of duty or something you're paying for a subscription service and then you know i used to do that i used to have like playstation 4 and i'd have ps plus and then i'd go and buy these games and then you know they they take so much memory now. You know, on top of this game disc, you have to go and put like gigabytes and gigabytes into that hard drive. It just takes so much space. You need to buy a new hard drives. It gets expensive. Well, you're ahead.
0: Of, you're ahead of me. I'm still on a PS3, which I'm amazed even still runs.
2: So um, I'm I've been playing PC games like lately. Like honestly, I'll just play like Runescape. And I've been doing that for a while just kind of to shoot the shit. You know, I, I do that like half the time I'm on the podcast. Because it's something, it's an easy game, it's repetitive, and I pay, what, like 10 bucks a month or something. And it's just something to do, kind of to shoot the shit. I'll watch YouTube videos or something while I play it. And I've played for like two years at this point. And then nothing like super serious. I'll just kind of go on there once in a while.
0: I've... I've been playing. I uh I own a lot of Apple products. Well, let's be honest. I own all Apple products. So <laughs> I've I've been playing on the uh, Apple Arcade thing that they recently came out with, and that, that that's actually a pretty good value. Like five dollars a month for unlimited games, no ads, nothing. I can play on my Mac. I can play on my phone. I can play on my iPad. You know, or my TV. Are they,
2: um, uh, like, are they just old arcade games, or are they, like... S-
0: some of them are old arcade games. Some of them are, like, completely original games. So, and some of them are actually, like, really good, like, 3D games. So, um... Yeah, that's,
2: so. that's pretty good value. My my brother, he got me uh, for my birthday. It was this, uh, some sort of, like... you, you know what Raspberry Pi is? Like, the com- microcomputer? Uh, yeah. So he did this, like, thing. It's got this, it looks like an old-school uh, Game Boy Color case. He had, I forget the name, it was, like, called a RetroPie or something. And It's got, like, over, I think, 3,000 games on the damn thing. And it's, you know, like, every, like bunch of games, like, everything from, like, you know, Super Mario to, like, you can, I think he even has, like uh, super, like, Nintendo 64 PlayStation 1 games on there. On the size of a uh, Game Boy Advan- or Game Boy uh, Color, and I've been I've been playing that, and you know every once in a while. Cause, I mean, I, I really didn't care for it when I first got. So I was like, oh, I don't need this. I haven't played that many games, but you know, those old games, like the good the good old games, you know, they don't make stuff like that anymore for the most part. It's so all this like. 3d crap and they put 99 percent of their money and shit into the the 3d stuff and the gameplay actually kind of sucks and it's filled with this dlc so you're paying 70 dollars for a brand new game and you know it might be shit you know like assassin's creed i used to love that game series and you know it just became ridiculous how much microtransactions they want you to make and it's 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 an okay game like the, the original one was awesome the second one was pretty cool and then like well, it was Assassin's Creed 3 was probably the pinnacle because you could do just so much shit and then just kinda went downhill from there.
0: Yeah, well like I well like I said, I mean for me it was the microtransactions that really killed everything for me. So um you know, just like the fact that you have to buy like, you know, in app purchases just like you do on app, like, you know, get the fuck out of here on on that stuff. So Yeah, um, man.
2: What anyways man I, I gotta get going it was nice yep. talking to you
0: yep so do i so uh thank you for coming on and you know as always you uh all of you guys are uh gentlemen and scholars so and uh you know keep up the fight out there in philly so and don't and don't freeze out there either so because it's cold so all right
2: man well i'll see you around
0: all right thank you and uh thank thank you ladies and gentlemen for uh sticking around and uh tuning into tonight's episode of the Whitfield report i uh, i want to thank all of you for uh tuning in and, and watching this uh live stream and i want to thank all the uh podcast listeners for listening as well i realize that Friday night's live stream, was a bit long, but I really appreciate all of you guys uh, out there. Uh, from all of us at NGC Studios, have a good night. God bless, and uh, God save this great nation. God freedom, I and see in that order, and I will see you on the next episode. God bless, ladies and gentlemen, and good night. Thank you.